It's a love story. Baby, just say yes. A Star Wars fan fiction written by Willow Crowned and read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated teen and up with pairing Obi-Wan Quillen. just don't get it, Anakin groans. He's crouched behind a large plant pot, high up on a terrace of a restaurant he may or may not have at one point been banned from for, quote, disturbing the atmosphere. Below him, in a private, very expensive courtyard, he should know he used Padme's accounts to pay, are Obi-Wan and Quillen, finishing a very expensive meal, and being serenaded by a very expensive violinist. Why hasn't he proposed yet? Ahsoka eyes him dubiously. Maybe he's not ready. Of course he's ready, Anakin looks at her askance. I heard him say he wouldn't mind retiring just yesterday. I thought he said he wanted to retire from being your full-time babysitter. Same thing. It is not, Ahsoka hisses. A disturbing thought occurs to her. What did he say to make you think he was going to propose? Anakin is worryingly, worryingly silent. He said something, right? Anakin looks away from her. Right? Not in so many words. Ahsoka groans. I thought you had actual proof when you organized this dinner. They've been dating for years. Anakin huffs. What else could he be waiting for? Ahsoka looks down into the courtyard where Quillen is eyeing Obi-Wan with a look she wants to burn out of her brain, and Obi-Wan has his I'm-about-to-make-a-cutting-sarcastic-comment face on. She looks back up at Anakin, whose longest and only girlfriend lasted all of three weeks before they got married. She looks back down at Obi-Wan, who is now glaring at Quillen in a way that makes Ahsoka think there's either a broken violin or a bathroom hookup happening in the next five minutes. Anakin, Ahsoka says slowly, horror creeping into her voice. Are we even sure they're dating? What? Of course they are. Obi-Wan went out with him like three months ago. Ahsoka's cheeks turn a bright blue. That wasn't exactly, um, the truth? Anakin whips his head around from where he's been staring daggers into Obi-Wan's neck. It what? 
We were shopping for your birthday present. He said to tell you he was on a date so you wouldn't come looking for him. Ahsoka brightens, remembering. But he did go on a date last month. That was for your birthday, Anakin says, beginning to look panicked. It's how he knew to get you that lifetime supply of marsh cubes. Ahsoka sighs. He really needs to get a new lie. Below them, Obi-Wan's voice briefly raises to a loud enough pitch for both of them to hear him saying something about open bars and mistakes before he quiets again. But, Anakin says, a desperate look around his edges that Ahsoka associates with Obi-Wan's chore wheel and a sink full of dirty dishes. I mean, maybe they're just not date people. Obi-Wan has never mentioned dating anyone else. Ahsoka pulls an Obi-Wan. She looks down at where the date is still going on. Obi-Wan now has the crazed look in his eye that means victory on the battlefield, and probably not anything close to victory when it comes to romantic dates. Up at Anakin, then back down to where the violinist is starting to look very uncomfortable. Then back up to Anakin one final time. Anakin, predictably, crumples under the force of her look. I didn't know, he says plaintively. And they agreed to come, didn't they? Ahsoka doesn't make the requisite joke because A, gross, and B, it would be a very Quillen move, and she's trying to avoid ending up like him. You offered them a free, five-course, three-star meal at a restaurant you have to be a rich celebrity politician to even get into. They'd have to be idiots to pass that up, even if Quillen hates fancy restaurants and Obi-Wan hates being at fancy restaurants with Quillen. She blinks, reconsidering, and Anakin cringes. Well, that's that then. Anakin's refusal to take Obi-Wan's lessons about lying seriously have done him in again. What did you do? I may... Anakin says, suddenly very interested in the wall. I've told them there was an, uh, smuggling ring they needed to collect intel on. Ahsoka likes to think of herself as a quick learner, and she is! She knows how screwed she was getting thrown into Christophus like that, following Anakin on whatever harebrained mission he and Obi-Wan had come up with, and she knows how doubly screwed she was when the council tossed her to the dogs altogether. She survived. Maybe not all the better for it. Maybe, she said to Rex once, shaking with fury and fear in their tiny kitchenette, deep in the depths of Coruscant. Not better at all. And she kept on surviving. And along the way, she learned to tell how and why people were lying, and how to lie herself. Which is why, she knows, there is no way in all seven hells of Naboo that Obi-Wan and Quillen believed whatever total shit lie Anakin came up with. Ahsoka keeps her body facing Anakin but lets her eyes drift down towards Quillen and Obi-Wan. Togruta vision is about as limited as human, field-wise anyway, but infrared isn't much use to her right now. 
but she still has peripheral vision, and her peripheral vision can tell that Quillen just glanced up to look straight at her. They've been had. Anakin, Ahsoka asks, how much did Padme pay for this dinner? She gave me her card, Anakin hisses, and we're married, so it's not like I stole her money. How much? She spends twice as much on, like, makeup every week. Naboo pigments do not come cheap. Anakin. Four thousand. Ahsoka bodily cringes. That's two months' rent on a nice apartment in upper mid-layer. Like, nice, nice. With new appliances and hardwood floors and pest control that actually gets rid of the chooky-chooky roaches instead of telling you to go buy traps and landlords that don't take your deposit back on account of you not cleaning the microwave when you leave. And Anakin spent it on a date for two people who aren't even together. It was an extra hundred for the violinist, Anakin adds morosely. But it would have been worth it. (sighs) He sighs. I just want him to be happy, Snips. He is happy, Ahsoka says. And all the happier for you paying for his nice dinner, she thinks. But she doesn't say that part. Now let's go get ice cream at that shop we saw on the way here. Anakin rolls his eyes at the obvious attempt to cheer him up, but follows her out the window and down the fire escape, and if they happen to wander back towards the restaurant just in time to see Obi-Wan and Quillen coming out, then he certainly doesn't complain. He especially doesn't complain when Quillen bends down on one knee in front of a flowering alarka tree, its fronds hanging down in showers of tiny leaves and tinier glowing flowers. The sun has sent on quadrant five of Coruscant, the last of the remains of a glorious sunset, just the hints of purple in the west, and the soft pavement lamps of the wide avenue turn the scene golden. Obi-Wan looks down at Quillen, mouth corking up into a reluctant smile, and Quillen winks at him. Then Quillen ties his shoe. Later, Ahsoka will tell people that Anakin's disappointment had been a palpable thing, by which she mostly means that she has a bruise where he'd smashed her arm in an attempt to get to Quillen. It isn't a bad one as bruises go, and she doesn't really mind that it had been to protect Quillen from Anakin's wrath, considering he'd been the one to track her through the depths of Coruscant to give her Obi-Wan's parting gift of a few hundred credits, a blaster, and a change of clothes, but she isn't really grateful enough to try and hold back Anakin for longer, not when it means she gets to watch Anakin yell at him. Obi-Wan doesn't seem surprised by any of it. He's too used to Anakin's everything to be surprised at much of anything he does. But the way he makes his way over to Ahsoka, unsurprised to see her, confirms her theory. How did you know? She asks quietly. That I was there, I mean. Not that Anakin was trying to set you up. Obi-Wan looks over at her, amused. I could see your mantras over the top of that pot. You really ought to have found a better hiding place. Anakin's idea, she sighs, like the rest of this. Obi-Wan looks over 
at where Anakin is now berating Quillen for not knowing what he has and destroying Obi-Wan's hopes of happiness for keeping him from true love. He looks back at Ahsoka significantly. I gathered. Ahsoka snorts. Anakin's yelling reaches a new pitch. You know, Obi-Wan murmurs, technically, Quillen and I are already married. Ahsoka blinks, takes a moment to process that new piece of information, and blinks again. Why? We had a fifteen-hour layover on Corellia. It seemed appropriate. He pauses. Don't tell Anakin. Author's notes. What Obi-Wan isn't saying about the layover in Corellia is that it only happened because they ran off to get married and missed their flight, and they only ran off to get married because there was an open bar on the ship that took them to Corellia. Paragons of decorum and restraint, they are not. The end. Thank you for listening. I love you, Kalele. You know I wouldn't lie to you, Kalele. You're the apple of my eye. We make a perfect pair, cause you go everywhere you. You make me feel alive. You're smart and cute and travel sized, oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't, I don't care if you leave the cap off of the toothpaste tube. I don't care, you know, nothing brings me down when I'm with you. I don't care if you want to go on dates, because I know when it's getting late that you will come home to the case I built for you. Clearly, the case I built for you. Because I love, I love you. Kalele, no need to tell you why I love you. Kalele, no need to tell you I'm in love with everything. You make me want to sing. When we have kids, I'll change their strings and wipe their bridge for you. That's what I'll do for you. Kalele, the things I'll do for you. Kalele, my ukulele. I love, I love you, saxophone, please don't tell my guitar.